5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Mr. Patrick Johnson Show, Ben D. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man, Phil Perez Hilton alongside me. Also, special welcome to intern Chris here, man of the, uh, the video camera here. And I'm joined by a very special guest. What a treat, just talking to him before the show. J.H. Rose, great, current Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, Cornell Powell. How are you doing, my friend? It's great to see you here. I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me. It's good to be home. Yeah, get right into that mic for me, Cornell. But yeah, man, I mean, this is a big tree. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I think the last time we had you on was during the Senior Bowl. Yeah. How far we've come since. Now you're in the NFL playing for or playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. But before we get into that, let's promote this camp a little bit you got going on this weekend on Saturday, I believe, at J.H. Rose. Uh, just plug it a little bit. What, what, what are the times? What are the age groups? How do you register? How do you sign up? Where is it going to be at? All of that. Okay. Uh, this Saturday, I will be having my first camp ever uh, brought to you by the Power Project. Um, it's for age groups 6 to 14. Uh, girls and boys are welcome. Uh, you know, it starts at 9 a.m. Registration starts at 9 a.m. Uh, we'll be out front of the Rose football facility. Okay. Uh, two sign-up tables. Uh, come in and register if you haven't already online. Or through the flyer, you can uh, take a picture of the QR code and take you right to the link. Um, but, yeah, registration starts at 9 a.m. Camp begins at 10. I got a couple of my friends from the NFL, from college. Hey, I was about to ask you they're, about that. They're coming out um, just to pour into the guys, man, pour into my community. It's uh, such a blessing to Trevor be able Lawrence? to do that. Nah, nah he's, <laughs> he, he's not going to show up. But, you know, it's going to be some it's gonna be some great guys out there. and uh, They're going to give it their all. Uh, we're trying to uh, make the most out of this uh, this weekend and uh, just be intentional with our time. So yep. it's going to be great. Absolutely. I mean, that's great, man, especially coming from Greenville. I mean, we both both of us being Eastern North Carolina natives, we mm -hmm. know how it can be out here, around here and how hard it is to make it out of this this area and make it Absolutely. big. And uh, it's got to be great to be in a position to give back to the community, especially for the, the young ones who maybe might be a little bit underprivileged or maybe mm -hmm. not even just that, but they have NFL dreams or they mm -hmm. just want to play football or learn about the game. Definitely. Uh, that's That was my biggest thing, you know, growing up playing football. I went to different camps and stuff, and then be yep. able to see uh, college athletes, NFL athletes come back and uh, pour into me. Yep. I wanted to be able to do that for my community. And big shout-out to Billy Parker, David Wall. Yep. Uh, Billy Parker sponsoring the meal. David Wall is uh, handing out a Bible to every camper. There we go, yeah. Uh, athlete Bible to every camper. So shout-out to them uh, for doing that for me. It's more than football. It's, it's oh, more than football. Way more than football. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Let's get into minicamp here. You just wrapped up uh, Chiefs minicamp. Mm -hmm. uh, first, we'll just uh, come off with a simple question here. How did minicamp go? I know uh, it's kind of a crowded receiver room right now. It seems like they're getting a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. uh, some guys that you're obviously getting familiar with, like Justin Ross, yeah. who I was surprised went undrafted this year, but your former Clemson teammate. Mm -hmm. How has camp been so far for the Chiefs and for yourself? 
Minicamp is good, man. It's always a blessing to be able to put on a uniform and yeah. go out there and do what you love. But it was special. Uh, it's the opportunity for me to uh, improve and, and show my talent and show what I can do, take Absolutely. that next step in my game and my career, uh, especially with the departures of all the receivers that we lost. Um, but it was fun, you know, uh, competing against the best um, day in and day out and just uh, perfecting my craft. Uh, it's good to have Justin Ross. I'm glad uh, we picked him up. Uh, he's going to be a great additional to, uh, addition to us. Yep. Um, it's going to help us in a lot of ways. So it's going to be special. Yeah. So with I was going to say, with that room being as young as it is, who's kind of stepped up as that leader right now? Because I didn't totally look at the whole roster, but it looks like the oldest guy in that room is about 26, 27 years old. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's crazy. Uh, MVS has definitely stepped up. McCole stepped up. Uh, Juju stepped up. Those are just veteran guys who um, they've been there before. They've been – um, to AFC, NFC championships, they've been to Super Bowls, and they know what it takes, and um, they're just uh, just paving the way for us. Yep, and uh, obviously you can't talk about that receiving room with the Chiefs without the departure of Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Obviously that's got to change the dynamic for the receiver room, and especially for that offense. Just mm -hmm. how has him leaving kind of changed things for that Chiefs offense and for the locker room in general? Um, it really doesn't change anything for our offense, man. We okay. still be high powered. Yeah, we still gonna be burning a gun in it. I got uh, you. All right, I'm loving yeah, it. You know, uh, you know, one one person uh, doesn't uh, change the whole offense, but okay. ha having him was definitely special. Uh, being with him for a year, first of all, he is probably the fastest person I've ever seen in person. Yeah, uh, they call him the cheetah. Yeah, he's he's very fast, but his leadership, uh, what he brought on game days, and uh, his energy, his uh, his, his charisma, what he brought into the locker room was definitely special, and I appreciate the year that I had with him. But, you know, this is a business, and uh, we're professionals. we got to be able to uh, keep rolling and, and keep it going. And uh, I believe that the guys we have in the locker room this year, we're capable of doing that and uh, getting back to the championship. Absolutely. And then when you, when you look back at your football career so far, you've mm -hmm. played with Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Pat Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Um, how just playing with that great group of uh, quarterbacks? You told us before the show, you probably have claimed the fame that you've played with some of the best quarterbacks mm -hmm. in the country or Absolutely. on the planet. Um, how does that kind of dynamic and playing with those guys kind of help your development as a receiver? Um, first of all, I want to shout out my boy Kelly Bryant, Chase Bryce. Kelly Bryant, he was a yeah, part absolutely. of my Chase it was part Bryce. of my journey as well. DJ uh, Uwe Angale, close to him. But uh, playing with those three that you named, man, it just uh, it brings the best out of me. You know, they the way they prepare, the way they uh, uh, approach every day, it, it makes me be better, and I want to be better for them. I know they expect a lot. Um, out of themselves, so I want to hold myself to the same standard, the same caliber of work that they put in as well. So um, it's it's been special, man. I've been so blessed to be able to go from one great quarterback to the next consi yep. consistently, and you know I just got to make the most of it. You know I won in college, you know, and I'm ready to two win. Time in champ. Two time, I'm ready to win in the NFL <laughs> with Pat. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, you got you had the quarterbacks, but I also think you got to claim the fame right now as a player that you've played or co you've been coached by two of the greatest coaches in all of football, maybe, mm -hmm. Dabo Sweeney and Andy Reid. Just mm -hmm. talk about going from Dabo to Andy Reid. How how much of an adjustment was that? They, they seem like two different types of coaches and two ty different types of personalities. Just how was that adjustment um, uh, moving from the college football to the NFL with those coaches? I would say the approach is, the approach is different, yep. but the purpose and the message is all the same. The core values are all the same. They're gonna, they want the best out of you, uh, regardless of uh, 
if you run a four two, run a four two. If you run a five flat, run a five flat. But yep. they want to make sure that they get the best out of you, out of each individual that uh, step on that field. And they do a great way of bringing it out of you um, from the different ways that they lead, the different ways that they coach, um, how they talk to you, um, how they motivate you, um, yep. putting you in positions to 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 bring out the best talent that you have in yourself. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Cornell, I know uh, when you got to college, that was probably the first time in your life you had to kind of climb your way up the depth chart. And now you're trying to do that once again here in Kansas City. Uh, what did you learn from doing that in college? Have you brought to the NFL game to to try and accomplish that same goal? Uh, You've got to be consistent um, day in and day out. Uh, it's nothing but a little work, you know what I mean? Uh, and nothing uh, worth having is easy. Uh, you just got to go get it. You got to ground for it. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I want to make sure that um, when it's all said and done, I did everything I could in my power to 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 get to where I am, you know, and I don't want any handouts. So it's definitely taught me uh, consistency and being persistent, um, being dedicated, putting extra work, and uh, cutting out the distractions and all that. So Absolutely. That's going to do it for uh, C.J. Powell here. Or Cornell Power, excuse me. I appreciate you. My friend's name C.J. Yeah. Powell when he went to Rose, so that's what kind of confused me. But I appreciate you coming in, Cornell. I know you're a busy man. Just one more quick plug for the uh, camp going on this Saturday at J.H. Rose. Uh, where can they register? What time is sign-ins? What are the age groups? All that real quick. All right, you could uh, type in, uh, link it, all of my social media platform bios. Uh, you can use the use the QR code on the flyer, or you can use the uh, link that's, that's a link to it. Um, ages 6 to 14, girls and boys are welcome. Registration starts at 9, camp starts at 10. We'll be out of there at 1. Uh, free meals sponsored by Parker's Barbecue. Uh, athlete Bible sponsored by uh, David Wall and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Come out, compete, but most importantly, we're going to have fun. Absolutely, absolutely. We appreciate it, Cornell. Coming up, Robbie Anderson made some interesting comments trying to backtrack from the whole Baker Mayfield situation. Plus, big news out of the ACC potentially some big schools moving to the SEC. More on that on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. If you're living with chronic joint pain in your knees, hips, lower back, and shoulders, I've got exciting news for you. Emmett Smith, all-time rushing leader and Hall of Famer. Now you can get relief from pain without harmful medications and surgery. Call my guys at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics specializes in biologic therapies that can repair and restore damaged tissue. I'm talking about natural pain treatments now available, not just for pro athletes, but to people like you. At QC Kinetics, we're seeing patients every day who suffer from chronic joint pain but who desperately wanted to avoid surgery. We're treating joint pain with biologic therapies, regenerative solutions with long-lasting results. Listen, it's all about getting your life back, playing touch football with kids, walking upstairs pain-free, getting back on a job, and patients at QC Kinetics are raving about the results. QC Kinetics. Call to learn more about restorative treatments that can get you back in the game. Call QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. That's 252-765-7246. 
pain. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Subject to current credit policy of time financing service. One hour loan approval and same day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Starting OMG, hey, it's been forever. I'm so ready to see North Carolina and turn right in 52 miles onto the Blue Ridge Parkway for epic views. Then continue ahead on Highway 12 and hit the beach and take exit 33 for a city excursion with museums, games, concerts, Sorry, I'm just so excited. Everyone could use some adventure. Get back to a better place at visitnc.com. Sponsored by the NC Association of Broadcasters and Visit NC, a part of the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina in cooperation with this station. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Back into the Pat Johnson Show, Ben P. Baby, Byron Flynn for the P-Man, Phil the Ref, Pilkington alongside me, intern Chris on the ones and twos producing for us today. Special thanks to Cornell Powell for stopping by. Great interview there. What a great guy. I noticed he had some great jewelry, too. I mean, I wanted to ask him about it so bad. I'm going to let it. I'm going to let it. I mean, I would ask him about it, of the fact that he's a busy guy. Yeah, he was very nice. He was not only really friendly and fun to talk to before the show, yeah. but he was very nice in the fact that he is very busy and that he took time out of his day yeah, to I not mean, only join us, us, but to yeah. drive over here, too. I mean, he could just as easily you know, done the interview on the phone, so it was really nice of him to come in and do that. I wish him well. I was high on him. I remember telling friends last year before the season, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes McCole Hardman's spot. Like, I was all in on Cornell Powell, and I, I still think he's got a chance to really make some waves this year and year two. But uh, moving on, obviously the biggest news in the NFL right now um, is the fallout from yesterday where the Panthers pretty much traded for Baker Mayfield, got next or had to give up next to nothing for him, or uh, paying him next to nothing pretty much. And we asked, does Baker Mayfield make the Panthers a playoff team? There's four minutes left to vote in that poll on our Twitter, at 943 The Game. Let's send it over to intern Chris with an update on that poll. 
All right, so for that poll, uh, the question being, does Baker Mayfield make the Panthers a playoff team? Only 9% of people voted for they'll be worse with him. 35% voted for Panthers in the playoffs, and a whopping 56% are saying that they're going to same uh, have the same finish as last year. Yay or nay, Chris? You think that's fair? Uh, I voted that they're going to finish the same as last year, so I, I think the people are pretty— uh, Really? Yes, I think so. Okay, all right, explain that logic. Explain How, do, how are they going to finish the same as last year? I, I definitely like Sam Darnold better than Baker. Whoa, whoa, that's bi- <laughs> hey, that's big. But uh, I could see the production from it being about the same, honestly. Okay, all right. I can, I can live with that. What about you, Philip? Yay or nay on people thinking it's going to be the same finish as last year? See, I was worried. What I wanted was kind of not on here. I think they're going to be better. I don't know if they'll quite be a playoff team. I think they'll be better than last year, but a lot of that does have to do with the offensive line yeah. uh, improvements. But, no, I, th- I think Baker, and I talked about it yesterday's miles ahead of Sam Darnham. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we got to acknowledge, um, I think you just brought it up there, the offensive line is miles ahead of what Sam Darnold had. I mean, we've added, like, potential all-pros and pro bowlers on that offensive line that we didn't have before. We literally had guys off the street on that offensive line who, like, weren't worth five cents. I mean, now we have legit guys, legit offensive linemen. I think that's got to make a huge difference for Baker Mayfield. But some people argue they weren't satisfied with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, and he had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. So uh, we could see if maybe that would change here with the Panthers. But um, I, I think I think things are looking up for Baker for sure. I'm interested to see how he does with uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah that, be if that still dynamic. happens, yeah. Yeah, if McCaffrey's healthy, if he makes it past three games. You know, McCaffrey's not the same back Chubb is. Yeah. But Baker is used to utilizing two backs. Yep. And using Foreman and McCaffrey yeah. together. Hopefully they'll allow him to. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah. Well, they we thought they were going to limit McCaffrey's uh, snaps last year, and then we saw that was a big lie, and they said they were, and that was a big lie. So. I think they've learned from their mistakes by now. You think so? After think so. the second or third time? The Hopefully. third time that, that they've learned from their mistakes? Hopefully so. Hopefully so. But uh, that's not what we really we wanted to make this whole discussion about. Kind of the uh, big like headlines around the Panthers today. It seems like there's a headline every day surrounding the Panthers. Is obviously we kind of brought this up yesterday. There's a lot of mending to do when it comes to Baker Mayfield coming to Carolina and mending a lot of relationships with some people within the organization who openly bashed Baker Mayfield. One of those guys, Exhibit A, number one on that list, is going to be a guy who's potentially going to be uh, catching passes from Baker Mayfield. Not potentially, he will be. Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson, earlier back in April, when the rumors first started coming out about Baker Mayfield to Carolina, he tweeted out, no, a resounding no. It's worse than you're making it sound. He tweeted out, no. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, intern Chris described it there perfectly. But uh, now he's backtracking, and in a press conference yesterday, he says um, he does not have an issue with Baker. Stop trying to paint that narrative, and that he was only trying to be a good teammate to Sam Donald. I call shenanigans here. I I'm going to also call yeah. shenanigans on that one, yeah. Philip, let me get your open thoughts on this because we knew how it was, the dynamic between Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold last year, and it did not seem like it was very pretty. Well, they've played together for a while, so he obviously, you know, he's he's got strong feelings towards Sam Darnold. I think yep. that that is his quarterback. But at the end of the you day – You really believe that? That's in his mindset. I mean, that's the guy he's played with most of his career. Did a quarterback wide receiver relationship 
is is very hard to break. And um, they've had a good relationship. Close though. Yeah. Dude, they were that was his number one target in, in New York. But here's the thing. I do agree that it's shenanigans that now he's coming back saying, Oh, I was just doing that to to back my teammate. No, man. You can come out there and back Sam Darnold without bashing Baker Mayfield. You can see a tweet or whatever come out and say, Oh, they're looking to go after Baker and you'd be like, nah. Sam, you know, yeah. still deserves a shot. Whatever you can go out there, you need to put Sam's name in the tweet and defend Sam outright, and not just oh over Baker, but say I don't want anybody else to come in. Sam's our guy. We're throwing money at Sam. I've seen what Sam can do. That is backing your teammate. Just t- tweeting out no is clearly in response to Baker specifically. He's not high on Baker. You're entitled to your own opinion to an extent, but when you're a player, yep, and then. That guy becomes the guy throwing you passes. Uh, your First Amendment rights kind of go out the uh, out the window there. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with you when it comes that uh, they have a great relationship and that Robbie does want to defend Sam Darnold. If it wasn't for the fact that he's openly bashed Sam Darnold in the past, I mean, we forget the tweet where when Cam Newton came or just before Cam Newton came around, I think it was after that Patriots game that me and you went to where Sam Darnold had an all-time like terrible performance. Apparently, he had a shoulder issue that game, but nonetheless, um, he tweeted out, Buddy So Lame, hashtag replacement. Then there were some issues in New York where he openly bashed Sam Darnold. Um, and then when Cam came around, uh, you could just see with the dynamic in uh, press conferences and everything, it was definitely nice for him to have that breath of fresh air. You could tell he was thrilled to have Cam Newton around. I don't think the relationship between Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold is necessarily a healthy one. I don't think Robbie Anderson is necessarily all the way on board with Sam Darnold ever was. I think he kind of had to be more than anything. It was more so out of necessity when it comes to that relationship. So uh, that's why I kind of dismiss Robbie Anderson's comments that he was trying to be a good teammate because he hasn't necessarily been the best teammate before. Even going as far to like openly just kind of like yell and like argue with Sam Darnold on the sidelines during this season. And you could say, I guess there's an argument to be made in that aspect that he was just trying to hold his teammate accountable. And I can live with that. I can agree with that to an extent. But when you have these tweets that he's putting out before, he's openly bashed Sam Darnold to the media and the way he conducted himself when Cam Newton was around, I tend not to believe that. Actions speak louder than words to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's just pretty clear to me. I don't think that's the case. Now, you know, and I had forgot about some of those incidents, so you might be right. Yep. Um, they may not have the best relationship, but I think it kind of comes down to, based off what you're saying, is yep. it sounds more like right now, Robbie Anderson's just a guy that likes to talk. Yeah. Likes to hear <laughs> yeah. himself What's talk. that bear doing? Yeah, what's the bear <laughs> doing? Send him to the bears, like Phillips said. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I don't know if I said that on the air yesterday or off air, but I was like, hey, you know, at least send him to the bears where he can get the mascot right. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, now, look, <laughs> the bottom line is oh, Robbie hasn't been – as good of a receiver as I think people made him out to be at one time. Yeah. And maybe he was there for a year, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, I'm all for holding your teammate accountable for wanting to win, but it's not like uh, things have all been sunshine and rainbows in his career. You know, He's had a case of the drops, as you brought up. So bottom line is this team needs a quarterback, and he needs to improve his game as well, and yep. he needs to be able to will, willing to work with whatever quarterback that is, whether they trade for Tom Brady or bring in the you know. What do you know, Philip? Nathan Peterman or anyone in between, <laughs> he's got to be willing to work with said quarterback. And sometimes the wide receiver is a guy who thinks that he's the number one in this league. Um, 
Well, he's definitely not gotta, the number one receiver he, in this offense. Ten, no, but he thinks he's got the ability to be a number one. Yeah. Um, you've just got to be able to go out there and try and make whatever quarterback you're playing with better, have yeah. him make you better, and in the end of the day, you got to win games. I think somebody needs to humble Robbie Anderson for sure. Uh, there's this notion that I think is completely irrational and completely insane. The fact that Robbie Anderson was at any point in his career a star in this league, no. He's never been a star in this league. His best season was his first year with us, which was two years ago. And even then, it was a little over 1,000 yards and three receiving touchdowns. Not great. It's something you would want out of a number two receiver, which that's exactly what he was. Star receivers are not number two receivers in an offense. And I think he just needs to be humbled in that aspect. He's not a star receiver. He doesn't have the right to be coming out and being this diva and openly bashing teammates, openly bashing potential guys that are going to be joining the team. He doesn't have that right and privilege. He's only this, he's going into year three of Carolina. He's still new to this team. He's still new to the organization. He's not beloved by this organization like guys in the past. He needs to just take a chill pill, I think. Yeah, if you want to go in there and just bash competitors, yep. this is a sport where they can become your teammates, like you said. Yeah. You need to go play tennis or golf because yep. they'll never be your teammate. Yeah. Any yeah. other sport? Yeah. No matter what you say, that guy might end up being your teammate, and they've got to you got to work with that guy. Yeah, um, you know, and it's not only did he speak out against a player in the NFL; he spoke out against the guys been throwing in the football. You know, it's not like he came yeah. out there and you know, oh, this guy's a defensive end. Well, he stinks. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, he's hitting at retirement too. Hitting yeah. at retirement. I mean, yeah. this is guys. Like hitting retirement. Problem. What is he? Twenty. Eight years old? Yeah, he's been, only been in the league for like six years. But yeah, he's not even old. Anyways, we're going to throw it to our intern, Chris, over here on the ones and twos with the quick 94th of the game sports update. All right, thank you, Ben. Sorry about that. I'm trying to play the music, so sorry. All right, here we go. Sorry, okay. Keeping it home with some ECU news, the AAC announces its all-academic team and honors ECU baseball among the honorees. Starting things off in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders made history by hiring Sandra Douglas, making her the first black woman team president in NFL history. Mixing it up a little bit here with some WWE news, former Colts punter Pat McAfee has agreed to a multi-year extension deal to stay within WWE after being there for about a year. Moving on to some college football news, class of 2024 five-star recruit Landon Thomas commits to Georgia, deciding on them over teams such as Alabama and Florida. In a long-awaited trial for drug possession, WNBA star Brittany Griner pleaded guilty to her charges in Russian court. 49ers lineman Trent Williams was surprised today when he became the first ever offensive lineman in NFL history to be named a 99 overall on Madden for the upcoming Madden 23 game that comes out soon. In some UFC news, Chris Curtis will face Jack Hermanson at the UFC London on July 23rd after a pullout by Darren Till. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports update. Uh, More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout. Yeah.
This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's time to travel again, and it's time to enjoy the convenience of flying from Pitt-Greenville Airport. Reservations are available now at aa.com. Whether you're flying for business or leisure, Pitt-Greenville Airport and American Airlines can get you to Charlotte and then anywhere on the map. You can't beat the convenience of parking right next to the terminal and the short lines at ticketing and security. For your next trip, check out the great rates offered at aa.com and support your local Pitt-Greenville Airport. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Alexis Financial can help. Last month, Alexis helped over 3,000 people. Why not now? If you have an attorney, call Alexis Financial today at 877-666-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. Now that's your phone. Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben D. Baby Barnstone in for the P-Man Phil the Rep. He'll be sitting alongside me, intern Chris on the ones and twos. And joining me on the phone lines, USA Baseball play-by-play voice. You know him if you're a listener to this station as formerly a producer on the David Glenn Show, which used to air on our station statewide from 12 to 3. 
Uh, Darren Vaught, how you doing, my friend? Ben, Phil, Chris, how are you guys? Good great, to hear from Great, great. It's great to hear from you. And uh, let's just get into it with this USA Baseball deal. Uh, obviously, Pirate fans here in Greenville are excited about Zach Agnos making the team. Probably shouldn't come as a surprise given he's a great athlete. I think he's one of the better third basemen in the country right now. But uh, also that Cliff Godwin's on the staff. But uh, what do you believe? I know you're, an in, you're kind of within the organization somewhat uh, with USA Baseball. What about Zach Agnos has standed out to you in the uh, Stars and Stripes game? And uh, what makes Zach Agnos so great on that team? Yeah, I think a large part of it is his versatility, guys. I mean, Pirates fans know really well Absolutely. that he's he's in the infield, he's rock solid for eight innings, and then on on certain nights when they need him, he comes in and he's their closer and he shuts it down on the mound. That's always been something that's been appealing to collegiate national team coaching staffs over the years. I think this is the seventh team I've done their games for. Um, over my time with USA Baseball, that's the one thing when you talk to the, the new manager as they cycle through the best college coaches in the country every summer to manage this team, every single one of them is like, okay, I'm going to put a premium on versatility, whether that's a, a two-way player that can pitch and play a, a position in the field, uh, somebody who can play maybe the outfield and the corner infield, uh, a catcher who is also – versatile enough to play an outfielder. Uh, Jacob Wilson is a guy this year who's about to transfer. He's in the portal from Grand Canyon University of all places. He's the son of former Major League infielder Jack Wilson. And Jacob is a a star shortstop at Grand Canyon. He, of course, is a, a very good fielder, very fluid in the infield, so he can play second and third. And he's got this long, lanky frame. And we didn't expect it because he's never played it with Grand Canyon, but they put him at first base the other night in the, the fifth and final game of this Stars and Stripes series. Um, so it was surprising in that he'd never played it, but not as surprising in that, okay, they're just trying to find a fit and things that work. So it's, it's very common for players who come and try out for, the, the, for Team USA at the collegiate level to be, yeah, I mean, you know, Zach is a, a, a shortstop and pitcher, and, you know, he's at third base some. They'll try him at second base as well. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very common thing for guys to get tried at those positions. I, another thing I'll say this, probably his experience. He's the only guy who is a junior yep. that was invited to compete for Team USA. And I think there are, you know, ad- advantages for both the team and the coaching staff to that and for Zach himself. This past season for ECU was, was pretty much the first season he had gotten a, a full shake pitching. And, you know, if there's a chance that that's where he projects best at the next level as a professional. And because he's got the COVID year, he now has two years of eligibility if he wants it. Yep. He's also draft eligible when the MLB draft takes place here in like a week. So uh, I, from his perspective, I was glad to see him there. I was glad, of course, to see him make the team because I think it opens up some opportunity for him to have options. And whether that's staying with ECU, I know he loves it there, um, but he's got an older brother who competed for this collegiate national team that's playing in the pro ranks now. Yep. So, like, the future is there for him. It's just a matter of figuring out where as a pitcher or an infielder and hitter. So when they want to move him around, ideally, you know, that they would do that, take that route. 
Does the international ranks have the same rules as far as college where you would lose that DH, or do they have the uh, what they're calling now the Shohei rule that Major League Baseball has? And if not, will they? Uh, do you think the manager would be you know okay losing that DH spot to have Agnos move from an infield spot to the mound? Yeah, they would. They would. Um, they would scrap the DH. I will say this: it, this is basically an all-star team. So rarely are you going to get a scenario where starting pitcher is also hitting in the lineup, uh, just because there are that many good hitters for this team. Um, in the event that they would, and I think this plays into a, a, a team strategy as well, uh, they would have to lose the DH when when the pitcher is pulled. Now, most of the time when you're starting a guy who you also want to hit, he's got a position that he can play and you can put him in, and then it's not a big deal, right? Um, you think of Shohei Otani and the, the problem becomes when last year when he would start on the mound and be the DH and then he would come out, he'd have to play in the outfield and he's not an outfielder. Well, you don't have that disadvantage with a guy like Agnos because chances are if he's pitching and you're utilizing the DH, you're okay moving him to like shortstop yeah. after that. And that way he gets to stay in the lineup. But, um, no, the international rules are, are pretty interesting. We saw some innings being played. These were exhibitions, of course, so they want to prepare for this sort of thing. Uh, the international tiebreaker rule, you get runners at first and second in extra innings, which I think is way more interesting than just the runner on second that MLB employs uh, because you also provide some force outs, right? So there's a yeah. there's an opportunity for the defense to turn too, but that's that's me getting into the – the, the, the nitty-gritty on some rules that you didn't quite ask about. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Duke, keeping an ECU here with the USA Baseball deal, obviously we have another ECU figure on that team and Cliff Godwin as an assistant coach. And you talk about guys moving around. Cliff Godwin's very familiar with that here at ECU. How does his dynamic and coaching style fit in on that staff so far? Well, I, I think, look, there's a certain pride that comes with being on this coaching staff. And Cliff's done yeah. it before. He's been an assistant for the collegiate national team before. I, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be the manager someday at some point yeah. down the road because the organization loves him. He, he really relishes the opportunity to coach at this, this level, this team, every chance that he gets. Um, but he's got a, a firm grasp on that two-way versatility element, mainly because of some of the players he's, he's – He's piped in to the collegiate national team. I mean, you guys remember Alec Burleson. Absolutely, uh, yeah. He was a hitter and pitcher for the collegiate national team in 2019 when Louisville's the head coach, Dan McDonald, took him to Japan. And Burleson pitched a lot, and he hit a lot, including a, a walk-off home run, which he told me after the fact was the first walk-off he had ever hit at any level in his career, which blew my mind that Burley, even like in Little League, never hit a walk-off. Uh, of any kind, no, not high school, nothing like that. So um, to have that kind of moment in the Tokyo Dome where they were playing that game in Japan in 2019 is is pretty huge and pretty cool for him. Um, but, yeah, th- I mean, the guys that, that take it seriously and it's not just more of a summer vacation, right, which I think it would be human nature after a long season like the Pirates just had. For Cliff to just kind of be like, all right, I'm going to kick my feet up. I'm going to go to the Netherlands yeah. and enjoy a, a little trip with some baseball, you know, on the side. Um, no, he's all in. He's dialed in. He's got guys 
there, obviously, with in Zach, and that was the case before when he coached, so he's paying attention to them. But, look, it, it's the same for players as it is coaches. There are things that you can take away from other stars yep. in this setting. And he's on a staff with Mike Bianco, who just had one of the biggest turnarounds in college baseball history to win. I saw earlier today he was named D1 Baseball's Coach of the Year. He won the College World Series Championship with Ole Miss. Yeah, I think it's I obvious mean, he's got to be the guy, there, right? There's something – yeah, there's something to, to, to learn from that, right? I mean, uh, a guy like Cliff, who's a, a, always in a growth mindset, he's he's looking to learn just as much as the players are from each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Darren Vaught, you, you, excuse me, USA Baseball play-by-play voice here on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Shifting gears to kind of the big headlines around the MLB right now. Um, I do have a quick hypothetical question for you when it comes to MLB. Okay. We talked about this earlier in the week. Um, we don't understand why the MLB games, I think 28 out of the 30 teams played on 4th of July. Why is MLB baseball games on 4th of July not a bigger deal, especially when next year you're going to have a schedule where every team is going to play everybody at least once? So, I mean, why is that not a bigger deal, 4th of July, MLB baseball? And do you think yeah, it should it, be a bigger deal like Thanksgiving football or like yeah, Christmas Day sure. NBA I games. Mean, you're the only you're the only thing on the calendar, right? Yeah, I mean, on absolutely. the sports, the larger sports calendar, there's maybe some golf going on around it, but not on the fourth. Um, another mind blowing thing with this particular version of Independence Day in Major League Baseball, the Yankees didn't play. I yeah. mean, yeah, that is weird. The biggest, the biggest brand in baseball didn't play on the July on July fourth. I well, mean, to me. It's a no-brainer to make it a bigger deal and blow it out and almost make it sort of, you know, you got to market around it almost like it's a new opening day because you've had people invested in certain parts of the country anyway, college basketball up until that point, yep. hockey up until that point. I mean, people's attention has been occupied by more than Major League Baseball up until that point, but that's the signal, NBA, NBA playoffs, of course. I mean, how could I have forgotten that? Um, that's going to eat up most of the, the publicity up until that point. So to me, the fourth should always signal almost what Christmas Day does in the NBA, yeah. right? And that's been treated as an event, a huge thing. Best matchups. Uh, in, in, in recent years. So, you know, break out some, some crazy uniforms. Break out some, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you put around the events of the games, <laughs> but hype it up. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. Well, you know what's interesting? You brought up the Yankees not playing. The other team that didn't play was the Phillies, and the Declaration of Independence was signed in Philadelphia. Oh, Lord. It was the original capital of the United oh, States yeah. before D.C. was. Bryce Harper. Yeah, so, like, that, that would make a ton of sense, too. Yeah. And uh, some more headlines around the MLB. One that really caught my attention and I'm highly against. Manfred, I believe, came out earlier in the week or might have been last week and said that he's gearing towards robot umpires or at least testing it out by 2024 yay or nay on that i'm heavily nay on robot umpires i so i i think we make a big mistake when we reference the concept yep. in calling it robot umpires yeah um what they are testing now at the minor league level including in charlotte with the knights at truest field yep is not that it's, it's an autom- automated balls and strikes system so the umpire is still out there. And, yeah. of course, you need a live human for judgment calls because those are still going to exist no matter what. Yeah, home play um, calls, all that. The assistance, yeah, you've got the assistance of replay in case they don't feel great about the initial call that they made. 
Um, I, I'm like you. I, I enjoy the human element to it Absolutely. because adds dramatic, I think, dramatic uh, effect to the game. I, I think, uh, I think and, and this is a uh, sort of an example that I've used a lot over the years, like if you're a pitcher, you can earn yourself a wider strike zone yeah. in a lot of cases. And if you automate the strike zone, there's not going to be that elasticity around the edges like there normally would be. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you're trying to cut in with a, a backdoor slider but you haven't been hitting your spots, you're likely not going to get the call if it's close. Whereas if you're peppering the zone, you're dotting the, the edges of the strike zone, and then you snap one of those in there and it's a close call, that's part of pitching. Like you're, you're going to get the call. You're going to ring somebody up. So um, it, it's one that I've struggled with because I typically am very up for the progressive ideas like, I don't hate the, the extra innings rule with the runner at second. Hell, I mean, Ooh, okay. 100, 162 is a lot of games. I wouldn't mind if games ended in ties in the regular season. It's just a lot, wow, right? Okay. Um, you can do without the extra stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm typically on board with some of this, some of the more progressive things. Uh, and, and automated balls and strikes, is, or robot umps, as again, it's been called. Uh, I struggle a little bit with it. I think it'll be fine when it's implemented the way that it's been being tested, which is basically the home plate umpire doesn't have to make the call on the pitch. It's a buzz in his ear. There are a voice that says, okay, that's a ball or that's a strike. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. You're probably the first person I ever talked to when it comes to MLB that likes the extra innings rule where there's a runner on second. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's new. I like that. That's groundbreaking stuff right there. But, uh, Manfred also came out and spoke about how he's open and he likes the idea of having 32 MLB teams instead of 30. Uh, just having some little bit of fun here. We talked about it earlier in the week and we kind of like played around with the idea. What would be kind of your ideal expansion teams or destinations if the MLB was to expand? Yeah, now, look, I, I mean, I'm going to be a little biased here being a North Carolina guy. I'm okay, yeah, yeah, you got to be. Know that. Um, I, I think between Raleigh and Charlotte, one of those two would have to be in strong consideration. Absolutely. But it comes down to certain things. I mean, we saw with Major League Soccer, there was sort of a battle between Raleigh and Charlotte, and Raleigh was favored throughout much of it, or they were at least expected to be the MLS expansion destination. And then in comes David Tepper, and he's like, oh, cool, is anybody else here a billionaire? Um, yeah. that, that matters, right? Yeah, and absolutely. MLB expansion, there's a, a – a movement in Nashville, Tennessee, that has a lot of support from former baseball executives. Uh, a lot of country music stars have backed it. Um, there's money involved, and there's there's a great possibility that because of the geographic fit, it still is in the same area, but basically between Atlanta and D.C., that a, a market in North Carolina would fit. So I think Nashville is probably in the driver's seat if that is a geographic area that's of focus and of interest to Major League Baseball. Um, and we all know Montreal would love to have a Major League team back. Portland has been discussed for years. Las Vegas is in every expansion talk for every league now. Um, I, I think those would all be cool. But again, just letting my bias through, uh, Charlotte or Raleigh would be excellent, man. I, I, I can't love think of a... Uh, something I would be more excited about in the context of the, the greater sports world. Is there any chance that a, a city gets close and the MLB tries to veto it just geographically because of divisional realignment? Because 
32 teams is something that we've never had in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the league would would veto it. We've seen over the years they don't care about you know travel, right? I mean, the Houston yeah. Astros go out to California regularly because those are their their conference opponents yeah. or their their division opponents. Um, we've seen in other leagues. I mean, right? What's what's the Memphis Grizzlies? What are they doing in the Western Conference? Absolutely, in, yeah. In basketball, uh, there's plenty of examples for that, and you could eventually shift it around to where it makes sense. Uh, you know, Milwaukee has been not uh, in the central their entire existence in Major League Baseball. Um, so I think, you know, it's something where they would be more concerned about getting the team set and in place and getting the revenue from that going before they would sort of massage it into a, a maybe a more logical geographical situation. But even some of those, that over time, we've expected to, in sports, work themselves out. You know, they still exist. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Uh, one quick, last quick question for you here as we get closer to the trade deadline. Who are some stars or maybe potential former stars that you see most likely getting dealt? And uh, considering that we're somewhat in Braves country around here, does something happen to Freddie Freeman around the deadline? Yeah, you know, that's been an interesting case, right, with um, obviously his emotions in the press conference. Yep. It, was, it was scheduled around his return to Atlanta. Um, we all saw – the report from Doug Gottlieb. I'm a little skeptical because yeah. I don't know. I, I think I might be closer to, to oh, knowing the truth about 100%. Freddie Freeman than Doug, Got- Doug Gottlieb. Yeah, what does um, he know? Respect for what he's done. He's a great college basketball voice. I just don't know what his tie-in is there at all. Yeah, he's but, like, you know, yeah. then we saw that, that Freddie actually did fire his agent. So, um, you know, maybe there is some truth to it. It might not be entirely the case, what, what Gottlieb was reporting. Um, but you've seen it speculated that, okay, maybe the Dodgers do a, an in-kind thing where they manage to get him dealt back to the Braves. I think that would be wacky, especially considering what the Braves have done in, in signing and extending Matt Olson to such a large contract. I mean, they've moved on, and they, it was out of necessity. Yeah. And I, for the record, think it was a great move given the circumstances. Uh, Olsen is, is almost as good numerically as Freeman, he's younger, he's from Atlanta, which is their M.O., right? They've always loved the homegrown guys drafting out of Georgia Tech or out of the high school ranks in Georgia. So I don't know how likely Freeman is to go. Uh, I was a little disappointed, to be honest, seeing that it's it's widely being reported that Juan Soto doesn't really have a chance of being dealt. I mean, that's one of the premier hitters in the game, and he's just kind of, I don't know, kind of wasting away in, in, in Washington with, the Nationals, uh, mm-hmm. and we we've seen the emergence of Trey Turner since he got dealt from there, or or went to the Dodgers. He's a superstar, right? An yep. MVP candidate year in and year out. It'll be interesting to see, especially considering the Braves. I mean, they they did a lot of damage this time of year, last time around, and basically it was it was these these couple of weeks or what have you that made them a World Series champion last year. So I don't know, man. It'll be exciting to see. USA Baseball play-by-play voice Darren Vaught with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The Collegiate National Team will take on Japan and the Netherlands on July 9th this Saturday at 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern. Darren, where can they listen to or watch your broadcast? Uh, so I'm not on the call for these. These are honkball broadcasts, okay. which is uh, one of the a great international elements of doing these games and seeing this team and covering these tournaments is 
learning the cultures, the baseball cultures uh-huh. all around the world. Honkball is the is the Dutch word for baseball. And oh, it, okay. It could not be funnier Fun or fat. better. Um, so it's a, it's this big tournament, honkball. They've got their own set of of productions and broadcasts. So I am unfortunately. Not uh, in Amsterdam, uh, living it up with uh, the collegiate national team. That would have been a fun current, trip, but uh, we'll see them when they get back, right? And hopefully, hopefully, it's uh, with some hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Darren, appreciate you being on, my friend. Of course, thanks, you guys. Darren Vaught, USA Baseball play-by-play voice here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Some breaking news out of the ACC as some big, big-time superstar teams potentially joining the SEC. More on that on the other side of this quick time out here to wrap it up on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com to listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescued billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. <laughs> ben B. Baby Barham, Bill Perrette Pilkinson, intern Chris on the ones with twos filling in here for the Pack Johnson Show. And our poll results are in from yesterday. And we'll send it over to intern Chris with the later results. With Baker Mayfield on the Panthers. All right, so for the poll, the question was, does Baker Mayfield make the Panthers a playoff team? The options were Panthers in the playoffs, they'll be worse with him, or same finish as last year. 9% of our followers voted they'll be worse with him. 
35% voted that they will make the playoffs, and a whopping 56% of our Twitter followers have voted that they will have the same finish as last year. Wow. Chris is one of them. I am one of them, yes. All right, we'll see. Hey, time will only tell. But getting into this breaking news here, huge implications for college football as a whole, and uh, it's not looking too great for the ACC as North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC, and I'm sure the SEC would love to have them. Also, what makes this even more interesting and kind of is kind of uh, implicating maybe possibly the death of the ACC here in the near future, ESPN is trying to void their TV deal with the conference ACC. Not looking too good. Uh, I get that the ACC may potentially be wanting new members, but I think at that point there might not be an ACC to talk about. So ECU to ACC seems kind of like a long shot, Philip. Well, and that's why I've been kind of saying, like, everybody's like, ECU needs to be out of the AAC. Yeah. I don't want to make a premature jump, yeah. jump to the wrong conference. Absolutely, Because yeah. at the end of the day, like we were kind of saying, it looks like it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be the power two. I think the Big 12 will at least land big enough programs to be where if they break away from the NCAA, yeah. that they can break away as well. Um, despite them not maybe having the success, they'll still just have the historic universities, the size, you know, with gaining teams like Oregon, potentially Colorado, Arizona State. There's some big names. So um, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, um, I would not advise ECU to jump to the ACC. Yeah. More on that tomorrow here on the Patrick Johnson Show as we get you ready for a feel-good Friday. In the meantime, that's going to do it. Special thanks to Cornell Powell for joining us earlier. That was neat. USA Baseball play-by-play play-by-play voice, excuse me, Darren Vaught. And a special thanks to Phil the Ref, Pilkington, and Inter Chris. I was Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show.